Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Red Letters Sermon Series, which looks at the teachings and conversations of Christ in the Gospels. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, tonight as we come to Matthew chapter number 11, all of that has just taken place. As a matter of fact, Jesus would probably be leaving the house of Simon the Pharisee. But as Jesus leaves, he begins to speak some words. Of course, followers would still be there. His disciples would still be there. Perhaps even some of those Pharisees that were at the dinner, they would still be there, maybe following Jesus as he leaves this courtyard meal at Simon the Pharisee's house. And Jesus continues to reprimand or to rebuke the unbelieving people. And so tonight, as we go to Matthew chapter number 11, we find ourselves continuing to listen to Christ, and he's continuing with this rebuke of people really missing who he was. And so I want you to take your Bible with me tonight and go to Matthew chapter number 11, and we're going to read tonight verse 20 down through verse number 30 of Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse number 20, it says this, Then began he to abrade the cities, to rebuke the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. And here's what Jesus said. He said, Woe unto thee, Chorazin! Woe unto thee, Bethsaida! For if the mighty acts which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wide and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, For so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Perhaps the passage before us and specifically the last three verses of Matthew chapter number 11, perhaps they are some of the most famous words that Jesus ever spake. When he said, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. But what does it mean tonight? The context surrounding this, why was Jesus saying it? What did he have perhaps on his mind as he said these words on that night? We're going to find that out tonight. And so let's start just again with a word of prayer. 
ask the Lord to speak to us, and then we'll get right into the message. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you, God, for using these words to challenge me again. And Father, I pray that tonight, as we get into your word, that you would help us. I pray that you'd speak to us. I pray that you'd help us to have your mind and your eyes spiritually so that we can see and understand and apply into our lives. And Lord, we'll thank you for what you're going to do, and we give you permission to work in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to ask you a question as we get started tonight, and the question is, have you ever been ignored? You ever been ignored? I know, uh, I think it was on Sunday, I asked uh, how many of you have ever received the cold shoulder. You've been, maybe got that cold shoulder from a spouse or something like that. But tonight I want to ask you this, you ever just been flat out ignored by somebody? I know growing up, one of the times that I can think of of getting ignored was growing up with my sisters. Of course, you know I have two older sisters, Dina, she's eight years older than me, and Dawn is 11 years older than me. And I can remember plenty of times from when I was probably about five or six years old until I was probably, well, they probably would still do it if I hung around them right now. But there would be times that uh, my sisters would be in a room with me, and I would say, hey, Dina, or hey, Dawn, and try to say something. And they would go, hey, do you hear something? Hey, did, did you hear that? And then they would begin talking over me. They would begin talking through me. I remember times when I would get up right in front of my sister's face and I'd grab her by the face and put it right toward me. I mean, just face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And I would say, I'm talking to you. And she would just talk right through me to, to Dawn or, or Dawn would talk right through me to Dina. Man, I hated being ignored. Those of you that have kids, you know what it's like to be ignored. Why? Because there's times in your life and my life when we're like, hey, I need you to, and they're just off in la-la land. Hey, hey, I'm talking, hey, hey, I'm talking to you. You ever had to do that with somebody? Man, we don't like being ignored, but the truth is that every one of us have probably been ignored, and every one of us have probably done some ignoring. Somebody's speaking to you and you ignore them? Well, I wonder today, you ever like that? Do you like when you're ignored? No, you don't. So I wonder tonight, how do we think Christ feels when he's ignored? How do we think Jesus feels when he was ignored? How do we think God feels right now when we can ignore him in our lives? And as we come to Matthew 11 tonight, I find Jesus kind of throwing out the rebuke of, hey, stop ignoring me. Hey, stop ignoring me. When you and I look into... Matthew chapter number 11, Jesus begins to rebuke three cities, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. As Jesus rebukes these cities, he's really rebuking the religious leaders that would all be there. The, this uh, meal perhaps would have been in one of those cities, Capernaum, many believe, and you can go and do a lot of research and, and um, try to find that. Luke chapter number 7 tells us perhaps where it took place. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so as Jesus is there uh, in Capernaum, he's speaking and, and condemning Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum. And I want you to notice why he's doing He's going to condemn them for ignoring him. And I want you to see why and what he was saying they were ignoring. I want you to notice, first of all, that these areas, these religious leaders, these cities, they were ignoring the evidence. They were ignoring the evidence. As our passage opens up in Matthew 20, we find Jesus, it says, Then he began to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. Why? Why did he begin to upbraid them? Because they repented not. 
They ignored the call to repentance. They ignored the call to turn to him. And so he presents to them, he begins to uh, uh, speak to them woes. W-O-E-S, woes. The word woe, it means judgment, but it also can mean pity or sorrow. We see him speaking words of judgment, but he also has this spirit of pity or this spirit of of sorrow. He's saying, hey, judgment is coming, but I pity you because you have been ignoring me. Now, why was Christ proclaiming woes uh, upon these cities? If you were to look, all three of these cities would be at the northern region of Galilee, the northern region of the Sea of Galilee, Capernaum, Chorazin, and Bethsaida, and All three of these cities would be the area that Jesus really kind of considered to be his home base. Capernaum is where Jesus would have made his home for much of the ministry of him, uh, uh, for much of his ministry and much of his teaching. And actually, if you were to go back and and do some of the research, you would find uh, in Matthew chapter 8 and chapter number 9 would be uh, some times that took place right before this. And 50% of all of the miracles that Jesus performed, over 50% of them would be in this region. During that time of those, of those miracles and many of the miracles that Jesus performed would take place in that northern region. I mean, over his whole ministry, many of those miracles would take place. But over the last uh, just short few weeks, 50% of them took place in, in Capernaum and Bethsaida and, and Chorazin, kind of in that area, that region. And so because they repented not, even though they saw Christ's works or or Christ's evidence who he was through his works, Jesus calls them out. He says to Chorazin and Bethsaida, he said, hey, uh, now Chorazin and Bethsaida, they would be, of course, mainly Jewish towns. He says, if the works that had been done around you and in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, the Gentile towns of Tyre and Sidon, man, they would have repented long ago with humility and sackcloth and ashes. They would have stood, they would have repented. Why? Because they wouldn't have ignored it. He speaks to Capernaum. Of course, we've been there uh, on our trips to Israel, and I'm excited about our, our trip this year and would invite you to go with us uh, November 30th to December 10th, and you can find out more info about it. That's my commercial for the night about Israel, but I just got excited about that trip. But you know what? Capernaum, Jesus begins to reprimand them. He says, woe unto you, Capernaum. You've been given the status of like heaven on earth. That's an interesting statement that Jesus gives to them. Look with me at verse number three, or excuse me, verse 23. He says, and now Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. Hey, you've been given like a status of being heaven on earth. Why was Capernaum, why would he say that to Capernaum? It's because he had selected this town, this fishing town where Peter was from. Man, that's where Jesus lived. Jesus lived among all of those at Capernaum. Jesus taught in the synagogue at Capernaum. Jesus was there, and uh, the people of Capernaum really had a, a hands-on experience, so to say, with Jesus Christ. And they saw him every day. They heard him every day. They walked around him each night. You, you can understand this, that Jesus was living there in Capernaum. So no wonder he would say, man, you're given like the, the status of heaven on earth, because I've been here. But if the works that I've done in Capernaum, if they'd been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Remember sinful Sodom all the way back in the book of Genesis that was, uh, that was torched? 
Jesus said, hey, if I would have done just the works that I've done in Capernaum, not my whole ministry, just the works of Capernaum, if I would have done the works in, in Sodom that I've done here, they would have repented. But what do we see them doing? We see them ignoring the evidence. Man, Jesus had done all these signs and wonders, helping them. I mean, this is where miracles have taken place. Uh, The dead were raised to life. I mean, the blind were brought to be able to see. Uh, The the lame were healed. The demon-possessed were healed. All of those things taking place as evidence, proving to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. And yet he says to them, you have ignored it. You've ignored it. We see them tonight, number one, ignoring the evidence But number two, I believe that Jesus helps us see that they also were ignoring the invitation. As you come through the passage, we begin to see Jesus open up in prayer. And he prays to the Father and says, God, I thank you that you've hidden these things uh, from those who are are proud. And you've revealed it unto babes, those who are humble. Verse number 27, he says, hey, all things are delivered uh, unto me of my Father. No man knoweth the Son, but the Father. uh, Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Basically saying, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's kind of uh, that verse, verse 27, just saying the Father has revealed some things to me and revealed who I am, but that uh, revealing is only going to be to those who've received it. But then verse 28, he gives those famous words when he says come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest you see the whole message of Jesus Christ was an invitation to come to him and to receive him Jesus had already given that in the towns of Bethsaida, Chorazin, and Capernaum. He had already taught that uh, every time he would do a miracle, Jesus would bring something up about the, uh, the idea of receiving him and coming to him. He had given that to the Pharisees. He had given that to Simon even before this when they were at the meal, helping Simon understand, you're too proud to receive me, but you can come to me. And so here Jesus is leaving this house Saying, woe unto you, Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum. Man, if the works that had been done in you were, uh, were done in Tyre and Sidon and Sodom, they would still be around. They would have repented. You've ignored the evidence, but you've also ignored the invitation. What is an invitation to do? Well, we've preached it before and talked through this passage before. I love it. It's an invitation to come to Jesus. Man, this is an invitation uh, to receive Christ as Savior. This is what Jesus is giving out. And uh, you can think perhaps these are some of the most uh, inviting words that Jesus ever spoke. And we definitely have seen them before. But it's that invitation to come to him. Now remember who you have listening in on this passage. Those Pharisees would still be around him, the religious elite. You have the followers, just those that are kind of just seeing who Jesus is. You have the questioners, those who are are wondering, really, is he the Messiah? Then you have uh, the true apostles that are there and the, the, uh, uh, the ones who would be the disciples of Jesus. And then you have the sinners. And that woman probably still following him, probably still listening in, and others. And, and notice what Jesus says to him: Hey, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He gives out an invitation to every single person because every one of them were under the burden of sin. Every single one of them and every single one of us under that burden that we can't bear. All of us have those burdens that are heavy laden. 
Some of them were under that burden of religion. Their religion was teaching uh, that they had to try really hard to please God. Some of them were under the burden of curiosity. They were wondering with zeal and with energy, could they earn their way to, to, to heaven? Some of them, they were under that burden of judgment. The sinners being deemed as completely unworthy. You'll never attain to our spiritual uh, uh, life, the Pharisee would say to those that were under that burden of judgment. And what does Jesus say to them? He says, come to me. It's an invitation to come to him. But they were ignoring it. This was also an invitation to team up with Jesus. To team up with him. You say, where's that at? Verse 29. Jesus continues, he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Hey, I'll give you a relationship. Hey, I will give you what your heart is searching for. And then verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Hey, team up with me. The idea here is Jesus, he, do, he doesn't just say, come unto me, and it stops there. He encourages, hey, come to me, and then partner up with me. If you will yoke up with me, the The word yoke would be that wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of of two animals, two oxen, and attached to a a plow or a cart that would pull. The yoke would be a very familiar term in that area. They would use that yoke with their animals to work their fields, and it would uh, team up those two oxen or those two mules so they could carry the burden of the plow and and, and, uh, plow that field. Jesus comes to them, and he says, hey, I want you to... Take my yoke upon you. What's he saying? Hey, come up and team up with me. Hey, join up with me. This idea of joining up with Christ means uh, helps us understand. Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to allow me to take your burden, to partner with you. I want you to not only come to me for salvation, but then help me, allow me to partner with you each and every day. All right, so these Pharisees, they were missing that. They were ignoring that. They were ignoring the invitation to come to him for salvation, ignoring the invitation to team up with him, that uh, idea of walking with him every day. But then they were also ignoring the uh, invitation to learn of Jesus. He says, and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. The idea of learn of me was become my disciple, become a follower of me. This is an invitation to be taught of him and by him and about him. But they were ignoring it. They were ignoring an invitation to come to Christ, to team up with him, to learn of him. They were ignoring the evidences that he had presented of who he was. But I want you to see with me tonight that they also were ignoring the rest. They were ignoring the rest. Notice tonight that because of ignoring the evidence and ignoring the invitation, they were also ignoring and missing out the rest that Jesus Christ desired that they would have. Notice what he says in Matthew eleven twenty nine, and don't miss it tonight. We're going to tie all of these thoughts in together, Matthew eleven twenty through thirty, in just a moment. But look with me at Matthew eleven twenty nine because Jesus says this: "Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I are because I am meek and lowly in heart." And ye shall find rest unto your souls. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. The word rest here, it means this. It means to cease from movement or labor in order to recover and collect strength and to be refreshed. 
know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, hey, listen, ultimately, if you'll receive me at salvation, if you'll team up with me and allow me to give you, to, to uh, carry that burden, if you'll learn of me and become a disciple of me, ultimately what you're going to find is refreshment in your soul. You're going to find peace in your heart. You're going to find inner tranquility in your life. When you look at this, I want to tell you tonight that it's one thing to have Jesus Christ as your Savior for eternity, but it's something completely different to experience Jesus Christ giving you rest each and every day. It would, be a, it would have been a, an awesome invitation if Jesus would have just said, come to me and I'll forgive you and give you life in heaven. But he didn't say that. He said, come to me and I'll forgive you and give you life in heaven. And then if you'll walk with me, if you'll partner up with me, I'll give you rest, peace, I'll give you strength within your soul. Here's the thought. It's this, that when you and I receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive peace with God, salvation that cannot go away. Uh, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So once we receive Christ, we can't lose him ever. But we can choose to try to carry our own life, to try to find peace our own way, to try to walk through life and make decisions with uh, our own strength. But here's what Jesus is saying. I want to challenge you not only to come to me for salvation, but then walk with me every day. You see, you and I, we have to choose if we team up with Christ or if we ignore that affiliation each and every day. Well, they were ignoring it. But I want you to notice what Jesus said in verse number 30, because he said this. He said, for because my yoke is easy and my burden is light, why should you team up with Christ? And here's why Jesus said it, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word easy here, it means well-fitting, means well-fitting. It's like a custom-fit clothing custom-fit clothing that maybe was perfectly designed for you. I don't know about you. I, I think I've given the illustration a couple years ago. We were in this passage, and I, I first found out that this word easy meant well-fitting. And, man, it just really stood out to me. I've had some suits that I've just bought from a store and didn't have them custom-fit. They just kind of fit okay. But then I've had other suits that are custom-fit suits. You know, the suits that I want to wear the most, the clothes that I want to wear the most, they're the ones that are custom fit. Why? Because it's just the, the way they feel. They feel right. They just hang right. They, they look the best. You know what? Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if you will come to me, and if you'll draw close to me, if you'll get to know me, I'm going to give you that which is well fit well-fitting for your life, that which is perfectly designed for you. You see, when you and I go to Jesus, those trials, those heartaches, those burdens, 
he transforms them and he uses them to help us, to grow us, to strengthen us. And even in the time of turmoil, for the person who's yoked up with Christ, they find rest, inner peace within their heart. He can take something that is horrible and work something that's good. It's like Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now notice Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Notice what Jesus says right in the middle of it. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. I am gentle and humble. Here's what the Lord's saying. He's saying, hey, when you are yoked up with me, I'm not going to beat you up and burden you down. I'm not going to put things on you that you can't handle. I'm not going to be rough and proud trying to prove something. No, I am meek and lowly. I am gentle and humble. I'll carry your burdens, and I will refresh your soul. Isaiah put it this way in Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Here's what Jesus is doing in the passage. Matthew 11, he's there with Simon the Pharisee leaving the house. All of those certain people, the sinners, the followers, the disciples, the uh, judgmental, they're all following him. As he's leaving, he says, hey, listen, Bethsaida, Chorazin, Capernaum, you've been ignoring me. You've ignored the evidence. You've ignored the invitation. I'm sending out an invitation to anybody, but you're missing it. You've ignored me, and you've missed out on the rest that I offer. The Pharisees, they were ignoring this because their religion is what they were trusting in. Perhaps the sinners, they were ignoring this because their guilt was too heavy. The followers, those who were, and I'll not even say followers, the questioners, they were ignoring this because of the answers that they perhaps hadn't received. As I come to the tonight, I just want to, to the end of the night, I just want to make a couple of quick applications and a couple of quick thoughts to help us understand that still to this day, you and I can ignore the same truths that Jesus put out. First, maybe you've been ignoring the idea of coming to Jesus for salvation. Maybe you're here and you're watching and you've never received Christ as your Savior. Listen, that would put you in the same boat as Capernaum and Chorazin and Bethsaida. The same boat of those that Jesus called out to say, hey, there's evidence. Why haven't you believed it? Hey, there's an invitation. Why haven't you received it? Hey, there's some rest. Why isn't it in your life? It's because you haven't received him as your Savior. And if you're out there tonight watching and you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, I would encourage you tonight. Tonight needs to be the night where you make the decision to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin, to come into your life and save you. He loves you and he gave his life on the cross to die for you. 
If you were the only person in the world that had sinned, Jesus still would have died for you. The word of God says, John 3, 16, the most famous verse out there, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man, he loved you enough to give his life to die on the cross and then three days later he rose from the dead to prove that he is God and that he can be trusted. And so if you're out there tonight and you've been ignoring the invitation to receive Christ, you need to receive him tonight. Make the decision to put your faith and trust in him. But tonight, for those of us that do know Christ as our Savior, oh, we didn't ignore him, and we don't ignore that invitation to receive him into our life. But we often ignore the invitation to yoke up with him. You see, as you and I go through our days, we choose who carries our burdens. This morning, when I woke up, I chose if Dennis was going to carry a burden or if I'm going to team up with the Lord and let him carry it. And can I tell you today that it's easier said than done to yoke up with the Lord. Because yoking up with the Lord, it simply means to find the strength and the relationship in him that he desires for me to have. It's me saying, God, I'm not in control and walking my life, walking through my day and controlling my life. God, today I need you. Yoking up with the Lord has to do with relationship. It has to do with realizing my need for his involvement in every decision I make and every action I take. And tonight, maybe you're watching and you're a believer. You know Christ is your Savior. And you haven't ignored the evidence. And you haven't even ignored that invitation. But you've been ignoring the rest. You've been missing out on that call to team up with me and find refreshment in your soul. You see, we can ignore that plea to take his yoke. We can ignore that invitation to team up with him. But when we do, and we're hurting our own selves. On the days that Dennis plans and wakes up and goes through the day just living my life, you know what I'm doing? I'm ignoring that rest, that inner peace that he desires for me to have. If you know Christ is your Savior, then I would just want to challenge you tonight with the simple truth that he wants you to have peace and rest in your life and in your heart. During this time, like we heard on Sunday night from Micah, the Lord is our peace. During this time of COVID-19, when we're going through all this, man, the Lord wants you each and every day to know he's in control. I can trust him. I can experience his strength. I can walk with him, and I can rest in him. What were they doing? They were ignoring the rest that he offered because they ignored the invitation. They ignored the evidences. I want to encourage you tonight and ask you that question. Are you ignoring the rest that he offers? Tonight, are you going through life just trying to handle your own situations and make your own decisions? And tonight, are you ignoring the relationship that he offers to you? Are you ignoring yoking up with him, realizing that he's only going to give you, he's only going to allow into your life that which is well-fitted for your life and for your heart? Tonight, I want to challenge you. As I've been challenged today, as I've reflected upon Matthew chapter number 11, Lord, help me not to ignore the rest that you're offering. Yes, I know you as Savior. Yes, I know that you're the Messiah. Yes, I know and I believe, but God, help me tomorrow to wake up and to not ignore the rest that you offer, not to ignore that peace, that inner refreshment that you desire for me to have.
I hope tonight that you'd be challenged with that just like I feel. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.